In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witness. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. Everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. We're going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Hey guys, welcome back to the Ensigns Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Blaine. And last week we started a conversation on... Oh, I don't even know what we're going to call it, but this moment, our experience really naming, uh, honestly, how we're doing in a very polarized and hypervigilant moment in time. Yeah. I want to call it cultures with a license to kill. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's... Does that make you feel better? I like it if it's in a book and not about my world. Is this a sci-fi? Cultural end games, no Avengers to save you. Wow. And we wanted to pick up this week uh, after letting you guys kind of sit in. Wow, yep, that's the thing. And yep, I want to identify here. And oh, man, it feels a little unkind to leave you there so long. But I hope things got stirred up for you. Because every time we seem to have this conversation face-to-face with others, there's a lot there to identify with. There's a lot there, I think, is is true of most guys' experience right now. So before we give you maybe all of our answers on the topic, let's jump back into the ways that we maybe try addressing this that aren't so healthy. Uh, right? I think that we named what your trauma response is. We named the desire to belong somewhere. I think that... The other temptation for me, the other pull, is just towards resignation, dude. To go, all right, well, if I can't change it, I'm just going to shut down. Or if, like, I don't know what to do. This is actually all kind of a resignation, right? Like, if you're going to kill the person, you've resigned yourself to it being unreconcilable. If you're going to dissociate or have less of those interactions, as is my personal flavor of ice cream, then you've also resigned to the situation being unreconcilable. So it's kind of the same. Yeah, well, it feels different to me. I think you're right. <laughs> but, okay, but, but, I, but why does it feel different to you? Uh, is it, No, that is important to name that is all resignation. But it's interesting, like, destroy mode for me feels like still struggling to build something good, even if actually I'm just building hell on earth. Uh, Resignation checking out for me feels like, well, it's all going to, it's all going to burn. I don't really have a role to play in this. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would bring to the world. So I'm just going to keep my head down. And I'm going to check out a little more. And I think what's interesting is that would be a soul decision for me. And mm. I think people would feel it. I don't know what, the co- I, don't know what I would stop doing. It's like I'm not going to go in to any more 
you know, local town halls to voice my opinion and go, well, I'm already not doing that. <laughs> right. I'm not going to post anything else on Facebook. I don't have social media. I but- imagine you buying like one of those uh, trailers out in the middle of nowhere. You know, those those country highways, you're driving along and there's a trailer and, and they've painted the hill behind the trailer like seven different primary colors. <laughs> yeah, to- yeah. I can see it. Right. That's that's what I imagine full like, all right, deuces, I'm out of the situation. I don't know if that's a category for you. you it's know. actually is unfortunately I realize there's not seven primary colors, but you know what I mean. But maybe if you were a mantis shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of examples and I think what resignation would be for me would be choosing to avoid the heart. Like hoping that nothing meaningful came up in conversation. Mm. Hoping that we could just talk about coffee or movies or books or lawn care or trucks without you know, it's like the Thanksgiving dinner thing where very few people still think in the classic Thanksgiving dinner argument story mm-hmm. that they can relate to each other's hearts. So the best thing you can do is go, oh, man, I hope no one mentions politics. I hope no one mentions medicine. I hope no one mentions home birth versus hospital birth. I hope no one mentions, man, I saw this bike commuter on the side of the road taking up the whole lane. I just wanted to hit him. Like... You just hope that Actually, there was a cyclist. There was three cyclists on the way this morning who were biking like idiots. Like, you guys, I have to to work harder now in my, like, (laughs) one-man PR campaign. I want a sound effect when I say something curmudgeonly. It's like, I saw these... peppy like that? I saw these kids just hanging out by a store. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And I thought, if you're feeling bored, why don't you get a job? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you're going to become Clint Eastwood? Like, <laughs> no, I'm going to become the guy who wanted to be John Wayne, who we worked for that one time, who Ooh. called us Girl Scouts all day. All day long. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Wow, what a doubter. <laughs> you feel bad. And he called us Girl Scouts too many times. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't kill him. <laughs> thought about it. Okay, so anything more to add to what not to do or what's hard not to do when you live in a culture with a license to kill? I feel like I've just been learning um, unhealth bingo over the last year, you know? It's like, um, went for a good bike ride the other day, got back, felt sad. Yeah, I found that um, handfuls of those chocolate-covered acai berry things from Costco, they were great at feeling not as sad, at least while I was chewing them. <laughs> unhealthy <laughs> like bingo. The last is, year has been unhealthy bingo. It is so Just accurate. Just like find and discover new ways that I try to medicate and relate in unhealth. So no, I, I can't think of any more personally. I'm sure there's quite a lot, but... Exactly. I just go, I have a hard time sleeping recently. Often. Not all the time. And when I check in, I go, whoa, the amount of adrenaline and cortisol that's still in my body from the day, the amount that's 
on my mind underneath my, you know, conscious consideration. I have just spent a day moving through that minefield. And I think that, you know, the mines are the points in question. But when you get near one, I'm going to interact with people who are in an end game mindset, who are like, it's get this right or die now. Which side are you on? And there are some practices that I'm finding to be both helpful and I and really necessary on a regular basis to keep the ship above water in this moment. You ready? Heavy drinking. And that, see, no. Early bedtimes. If only. <laughs> what else you got? Lots of sex. If only. With, with <laughs> yeah, your yeah. wife. <laughs> Lots of marital sex. Doesn't actually address... Kale smoothies. Kale <laughs> All homemade, of course, <laughs> by you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not those? Not those. Some of those may be conducive to a eudaimonia generally. But no, you have to go the one that doesn't provide relief before the ones that do provide relief. And the first one, and these are questions that actually I have to ask my close friends on a regular basis because I can see the effect on them. And the first one is another way of getting at how do you want to respond. But it's right now, where are you most tempted to identify outside Jesus? So, like, pontoon boat in Pueblo? You, your pontoon boat? Guess we can make this happen. (laughs) But there are. I'm going to venture that most of the guys listening every so often just want to write the expose on penal substitution and the way that it does and does not connect to the Old Testament conception of atonement. And or they're gonna get on and they're just gonna set the record straight. Yeah, it's probably a few of you. You guys who aren't getting vaccinated, you're crazy. Or you guys who are getting vaccinated, you're insane. Get your head out of here and be like, I am just gonna and go like, great, okay. I do the same thing, but can you put some language to the party that you would like to retreat into? If it's for you, it's your pontoon boat. Are there any other ones where it's like I don't know. Maybe you just want to be isolated backyard dad who... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm going to take up shipbuilding inside of bottles. I just think it's really worth all of my time. I think that for me, I'll tell you, mine really... <laughs> mine really is what, I, what could kind of be described as old school virtuous masculinity. Like... The guys at the hardware store who are courteous not because they're deeply affectionate, but mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do and it's been trained into them. Yeah. And I, I'll go. Are you moving to Virginia? Yeah, or somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Montana, Texas, like. I was thinking more of like uh, that, you know, good old boy chivalry in the South. 
these are the guys who pull up to the stop sign, and even if it's their time to go, they still wave you forward. Yeah, from from their truck. Yeah, exactly. They're so in a truck. They're definitely not in a Honda Civic. And for me, there's a little bit of, well, if the kingdom of God is not possible, that's the next best thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And speaking of the Orthodox world, there's a Orthodox priest scholar, Stephen DeYoung, who says that materialist Christianity collapses into politics, which is using force to try to bring the kingdom, and all you can do is build hell on earth. And I'm like, which is why you have to identify where do you want to go? Well, if we can't, if we can't do the kingdom of God, we may as well like just be rigorous, disciplined, virtuous, Mm -hmm. you know, godless, uh, farmers in trucks. Cause I'm like, that's the closest thing. But (laughs) by the way, we have no problem with farmers in trucks. I, I think, I feel like I've been pretty clear that I love them. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, want to be one. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I can't over identify there. Right. Because then, because it's possible that I can give up the mission that is going to bring real change just because I'm exhausted of not belonging. Right. So something that I've been sitting with recently, partly because of the material I've been going through, um, partly because it's been a theme inside Wild at Heart now for, gosh, over a year and a half, are these concepts of the ways that the Trinity, the ways that the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, act uniquely in our attachment. So this whole conversation begins with, I feel exposed, threatened, exhausted, hypervigilant because I don't belong anywhere, which is, I think, compounded by a year of a lot of isolation. And so when we begin reconnecting with some of these people for the first time, or maybe you never stopped, there's still a sense of fragmentation there. So for me, this idea that the Father uniquely and Jesus uniquely and Holy Spirit uniquely address different places we need attachment is mind-blowing. That like that that is possible and that the fruit of that is actually movements towards health. It's actually movements towards seeing myself as safe, grounded, connected, and then that reservoir begins to fill. And rather than, I feel like a lot of the time on any given weekend, and especially as we're getting close to summer now, I'm looking really closely at the water level in my internal reservoir. I'm keenly aware of feeling like a three right now out of 10. And I think that that focus only continues and compounds that experience. It doesn't actually help me fill anything by being obsessed with it watching it isn't filling it. But the idea of this, of attaching to God and then everything that follows from attached relationships, from secure relationships, from that sense of safety and movement, then actually I'm not going to be focused on that reservoir anymore. And what's going to happen is I'm going to be moving and acting as though I am safe. And that reservoir won't be a three. That reservoir will start jumping back up. Yes. 
in this sort of bizarre, supernatural way. And I know it to be true because I've experienced it. I know it to be true because I've seen it in other people's lives. I know it to be true even if I'm not doing it perfectly right now. This is like a little reminder to myself of, hey, I might think it's the pontoon boat, which it still might be, you guys. Come on, let's not let's not give up on this dream yet. What's the country song? It doesn't matter. Redneck Yacht Club. No. Are you sure that's not what you're thinking of? Is that his title? Yeah. No, the title is just pontoon, dude. No, different songs. Yeah. Redneck Yacht Club is a great song. Anyway. Attachment. Uh, yes. Maybe the main piece for me to stay alive right now. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, where do I actually need to disambiguate myself? Where do I actually need to acknowledge the difference between me and the groups in which I would love to belong but aren't actually like the disciples of Jesus? Mm. And we're going to talk about forgiveness, but I found that the door in with most guys that's most productive is actually to ask the question, who is it hardest for you to forgive in this season? It's important because rather than going, okay, and I blanket forgiveness, mm -hmm. this helps me discover what the stakes are for my soul and where the areas are that my heart is really hung up and feeling hurt. I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll go basically anyone who votes for abortion. Mm. I feel only anger and animosity. I don't care who they are. It's a very hard thing for me. For me, things that irritate me are usually things that I'm susceptible to. Okay. <laughs> so, like, for me, it is super opinionated college students without life experience. So I'm a curmudgeon, and you guys are listening, right? You've got a few opinions. You were that guy. I was 100% that guy. 100%. Uh, you know, the, the IJM chapter of the school I went to had pins made for me. I talked to Blaine. Now I'm vegetarian. Mm -hmm. um, I actually still have some of these, so you guys, if you guys, we could make a challenge, you could get one. Hey, oh gosh. <laughs> um, but to go, oh, man. I also see the issues as being life and death. So I'm not outside the environment that's happening. I also feel like we're living in an end game. And you just turn into a curmudgeon when... <laughs> this is embarrassing. I'm saying this as confession, everybody. Yeah. So uh, please don't judge me. <laughs> please, like, uh, pray that I see Jesus more, okay? Because that's what we're going to get to in a second. Uh, but to go... You know, people who are younger than me who, like, haven't wrestled with mortgages and starting businesses and things like that, who have really strong opinions on tax policy. And I'm like, I listen, I have a very centrist view here like everything else, but I'm not actually centrist because that describes a discrete position on the spectrum. I have a very grab bag nuanced view here that doesn't fit in anywhere. And so someone be like, okay, so like, yeah, you like, like Texas. I'm like, I can't even say yes or no. Like the answer is yes. The answer is no, 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 no. But your intensity right now is making me so mad at you, straw man, uh, 25 year old Blaine. 
go, who is it hardest for you to forgive? Is it someone in your family? Is it a political leader? Is it, is it people in your church? Like, and I just know that whenever I ask guys this question and we sit with it for a while, there are a few people who can be named who are like, who are the center of the tension for a person. Mm -hmm. And they're often ones that you, I think, also feel the most betrayed by, like people who you feel like really should be for you but aren't right now. Like their allegiance mm. is a little more divided and you feel hurt by that if you're me. I like the Spider-Man version of that. <laughs> no, that sounds too peppy. And, right, the thing to call attention to is that the the things that are at stake with the people that I have a hard time forgiving really do matter. And so Pat or low stakes forgiveness is off the table. It's not possible to say, well, hey, you know what? No big deal. I think most of us know that it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Something that we've done in sort of like our yeah, group of friends a few times this year has been to practice, guys, like, how do you work through the steps of forgiveness? Mm -hmm. And... I've which isn't all like, you know, go around in a circle and say what you need to forgive about somebody else, which is actually just a passive-aggressive way of naming what's been driving you crazy. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of ways for that to go wrong. <laughs> Most ways. <laughs> I go, because you're going to, someone in the group is going to be in one of those groups that you're so bad oh, I've just been practicing forgiveness for you guys being assholes and missing me every time we hang out. Yes. Oh, thanks, Greg. So, you could bring your eye to people, but that would not be the way to do it, okay? <laughs> uh, so, we go, <laughs> oh, man, a few different ways of doing it. My caveat here is that this is not the only way to work through, but that forgiveness is a deliberate process of engaging Jesus. And so, it, it will take effort. And so, naming the specific pain and to go... Like, Jesus, it is so hard for me to forgive people who vote for abortion because they are killing people, and it makes me want to cry or scream or be violent and go, let's work, talk about the first part. Why I can release them from the debt of a real harm and go, <laughs> I'm actually going to put because I need the same thing at the end, and go, I can release them from the debt because it's interesting how Paul calls attention to the fact that Jesus eliminated our public indebtedness. Mm. And it's like, I can do it because that is a destructive action. But when we say that Jesus is the one who carries our iniquity, which is weird, vague, biblical language, it means that he resolves the long-term environmental consequences of destructive action. And so it's like, that's bad. I say that, Jesus, your covering is sufficient to cancel the long-term effects so that we don't have to just live in a world 
that's exclusively characterized by violent people. And then I go, you also have intervened for those kids, for their, for the real end game here. You have rescued them and given them a future, even if they die. And given that you've disarmed the violence, you've resolved actually the acute pain itself. You have also given me a way forward with those people those people. You see the language. Mm-hmm. It's, all, it's like, I'm not separate from this, everyone. Right. Uh, for us. You've given way forward for us. Right. Where I can actually re- relate to them because you have agreed to carry it. Mm-hmm. You've agreed to suffer what's necessary, carry the burden, resolve all things in yourself. We're really okay. And I know I need the exact same thing. (laughs) Right. Right? So I release. Forgive. I release from burden and then move into some of the pieces of like, and I just say like the cross of Jesus cancels the claim that is given to spiritual forces of evil by a person's sin. And so let's, uh, I'm going to do the same thing, put around to, what about when I just feel hurt by a friend? Because I talked about some of these are like just about people who I feel like should really be th- staying present to me in this season and aren't able to. And I'll go like, I'm going to make up a person here, Ricky. Uh, Sounds like a guy that needs forgiveness. Ricky? Sorry, Ricky. <laughs> but to be like, okay. What about your friends who are just taking a lap and blowing it right now? And it'd be like, I'm working through the same thing. Okay, Jesus, I thank you. Thank you that your flood covers the environmental consequence so that I don't have to live in a life that's characterized by the betrayal of friends. So I receive the blood of Jesus to cover that. And then moving into, you have come to give personally, this is the rescue part, the destiny part. You have come to give me personally what you could give through other people so that I don't have to live without a friend. To go like, you will give my heart what it needs. Mm. Yeah, I've already been thinking about the ways that the piece mentioned before on attachment makes the exercise of forgiveness feel less like you going it alone. There's, there's many spiritual disciplines and that are like a kale smoothie from the outside. We go, oh, I see the I see the merits of that. I see that I need to do it. But it's just, is it more me gritting my teeth? And right here, you've decided back into actually no, like when you are grounded, when you are attached, then you can actually do this from a place where it's not just up to you, which is really the thing we're trying to avoid here. Yeah, totally. You go... And I ask for you to be my friend, Jesus, and I, like, look for you to attach to you, which there are ways to do that. And, like, you know, he triumphed over the powers and authorities, making a public spectacle of them in the cross. Like, and I cancel by the cross of Jesus every claim 
that the failure of my friend gave to spiritual forces of evil, Satan and his kingdom, to attack me. And she's like, I cut it off. Mm. No. Uh, And like, man, I actually, by the way, when I like really blow it with M or blow it as a dad, all I will I will do this out loud sometimes in in like the reconciliation and be a part of like Jesus like I repent, and then I claim the cross of Christ to cancel the effect my sin gave the enemy to operate. You have no permission to move in my household. Mm. So like you work through this deliberately. It's like cancel the debt cancel the permission of spiritual evil, recognize that Jesus doesn't leave things unaddressed but comes, asking him to, and then looking for him, looking to turn your heart towards him because we're gesturing, 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 but going, we need, in this moment, we don't need more equanimity. We don't need the solutions, not radical self-discipline or being able to talk through the facts, or helping people just to see it from a balanced perspective. Like, we need to see Jesus and love him. Right. That's the tension that people feel of, is is the solution being right? And it often isn't. Because, guys, uh, what we're trying to do here is not stabilize the current political situation. We are trying to overthrow spiritual forces of darkness. We're trying to restore the human heart. We're trying to bring about the restoration of the world. And so the thing about this, you know, forgiveness thing, this like, and then how you relate to people, I was venting to M recently about all this, how hard it felt to operate. And she came back with, like, sympathy, understanding, and then this turned towards, but yeah, we finally get, like, being radically other is actually good because we're not living in an environment where everyone is basically the same amount of nice and courteous. Like, most people are being ruthless. And when you respond to someone who is being ruthless in the love of God. You actually bring about a moment where like their heart can be healed. They can be set free from the foul spirits, the uh, the spiritual darkness that's oppressing oppressing them. Like they can be invited to see God and to go like, I've seen you do this recently when you've received uh intense communication from people in your world, just about whatever the issue is, like, ha, see, I told you so. You should have fertilized your lawn, not, you know, not driven a minivan. It could come anywhere. And I know that there was one where you came back with like a very, like, you kept your heart open instead Mm. of hitting back. And it changed the terms of the conversation and created an environment in which Jesus could actually do his thing, move, restore, and you could do what it is that you are made to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, feels like the lesson over and over and over again for me is walking into life, walking into relationships, with like heart 
first, if that makes sense, more metaphorically speaking, feels incredibly vulnerable and risky and prone to pain, but it is actually the only way because you're kidding yourself. If you think that you're somehow succeeding in avoiding pain, anger, frustration, the need to forgive by shutting off your heart and pretending like it's not there, I'd say you're still getting affected and have a lifetime of that. Um, so when I'm in my like most grounded, most aligned place, it's the easiest, but it is like, it is the lesson I'm wanting to really have cemented in the season of like, I, I want, I want to be present with who I am, not with self-defense, not with flight, not with feeling vulnerable and exposed, but knowing that I'm attached, knowing that I'm grounded and knowing that I have a vulnerable heart that actually needs to lead in the conversations. Yes. It just is like, you must lead with your heart. This is the thing that you have to say to me a lot in this season, actually. And to go, my fear is like, yeah, but if I lead with my heart, I'll be attacked. And it'll be like, yes, you will. Mm. But not destroyed. And so as I'm asking, like, Jesus, I ask, I ask you to cover me mm. and to provide the the covering that I need because I know that if I lead with my heart, like I'll be attacked. But I also know that I won't be destroyed and that there is no other safe place. 